0: got a glimpse today of what happened in the Old Testament when they dedicated Solomon's temple, and as the singers began to sing and worship and praise God, the glory of God fell and they couldn't even enter into the place, and as we worship today, the glory of the Lord just wrecked me, just wrecked me in a great way. Just a foretaste of glory divine. Yeah. Um, just threw me all off. I had my little notes I was going to say to y'all. I'll see if I can find my place. And then they sang a Negro spiritual. It took me way back and then brought me right back on up to the present about the assurance that we have in Jesus. So I want to thank God for my worship pastor, uh, John Reddick, and for the band. And for the- <laughs> On Tuesday, we entered into uh, SunTrust Bank and we were blessed to be able to close. And when we left the bank and came back here to the church, it just felt different because now this was our place and uh, Pastor Daryl and I Ripped, I said ripped, the for sale sign out of the ground and threw it. In Hebrews 11, I want to read this to you. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So the people of Israel had to go through a series, a phase where they were first in tents and they roamed as nomadic people but there came a time where they were to settle down and settle in into the promised land and for 18 years our assignment was to wander um, from place to place, from tent to tent we were a portable church and We thank God for that season, for that moment, because we learned probably better than anyone that the church is not about where you meet, but it's about who you meet with. And uh, so we were strengthened during that time. Um, Even though we would move and people would leave and people would come, we would have various challenges and trials. God was faithful to us that entire time. Could you put up the slide that says... Um, all the places that we've been. If you just look at the offices first, we started on 4th Avenue. Then we went to West Main Street. We bought property on Ralston Lane. We thought we would build there. We didn't, we sold it. Uh, Went to Noah Drive, also known as the Resource Center. Then to the factory, and then from the factory to the White House. And then our midweek services, we were at Eagle's Nest Academy, New Hope Academy, Franklin High School, On Natchez Street, we had the community center that had the talking walls where we painted the murals of the African-American experience. Uh, We were there. Then we were at the factory midweek, the People's Church midweek, and then the Grove midweek. And then for worship, we started at the Y in Franklin for 10 years, five years at the factory, and then a good two years meeting at 3 o'clock at the People's Church, then a year at the Cool Springs YMCA, and then God... uh, allowed us to come here. And so um, I just wonder today, as you look at that, so, some memory probably is sparking for many of you, um, but I wonder if there's anyone here besides my wife who was with us, you remember being at each place at some point in time, would you just either stand, Peter, is waving his hand, anybody else, just stand, if you were with us, you remember every step of the way. My God. Amen. 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 I see you. Wow. God's been so good to us. And when we closed on Wednesday, the first thing we did as a church was we ate. I mean, we closed on Tuesday, then we ate on Wednesday. (laughs) And uh, we had about 160 or more people eating Famous Dave's. And as I perused the room, I said, I see some people in here I have never seen before in my life. But you put some barbecue out, and it's a good way to. <laughs> but it was great, great time. We're going to be doing more of that kind of stuff, yeah. just yeah. hanging out. You know, you don't have to leave because somebody's coming in behind you. Um, you can stay in the house of the yes. Lord. You can linger in his place. Yeah. Um, um, tonight, you better be here. Um, starts at 6, but the doors open at 5. And uh, you want to get in, get yourself a seat. We believe guests will come from all over the place because Dr. Tony Evans is that kind of a person, and uh, we welcome them, but this is first and foremost for what God is doing in our church, so I encourage you, make sure you're here so that you can get a seat. We also have people who are here from out of town. If you are here from out of town, including my son who came in from Virginia, would you stand? You, you came in from out of town. My mother-in-law is here. Amen. 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 Where's the California crew? All right, all right, all right. I heard y'all had some ribs for me. Y'all got ribs for me? I heard the Amen. Praise God. You're a good man. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. My mother-in-law's here representing my father-in-law, my, my pastor. Uh, he couldn't get away today. You know, he works on Sunday. And uh, but he sent his bride sent his rib up in here, and so, and and you look good, girl, you look good, I tell you, it's just running the family, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, amen, so yeah, we'll have a good time tonight, I was told there will be nursery up through five-year-old, I believe, provided tonight, we always need help, if you want to help with that, we'll need help with ushering, talk to Loretta, because there'll be so many people here, did you see the sign, the new banners outside? when you came? Amen. It was just our way just to say this is under new ownership, and we, we try to be a really good steward of this place, cleaning it up, fixing it up, letting the community know that um, there is a new group of people here, and uh, we're already praying about how to serve the community because a lot of people park here on Saturdays, then walk over to Radnor Lake, so we want to work with the uh, I don't know what you call those people, the, the, the rangers and all that stuff, on how we can continue to empower the community while not hurting ourselves because there are going to be some weddings in this church on Saturday. Can somebody say amen? amen. I said there are going to be some weddings, Lemansky. Where's Lemansky? Where, There's going to be some weddings in this church uh, on Saturdays, and so we want to make sure we, uh, you know, take care of the parking lot. And, and, and we're talking about being creative with how we serve the community. Um, and maybe sending a couple of y'all out there on Saturdays with a donation bucket um, that as they park on the parking lot, they can give a donation. No, to help underserved children, not, not the church. Um, but but we, we want people to know that there's a group of people up here and we're serious about the kingdom. I've got a meeting this Thursday, Lasagna, myself, and uh, Tanya. We're going to meet with the principal and vice principal of J.T. Moore Elementary, which is about four miles from here. And I was telling you that that the school had many underserved children there. And um, there are many schools in Davidson County, Williamson County, um, that that have a need. And so we're starting with this school. Um, We have favor. God's opened up a door. They want us to be there. And um, so, even when we go in Thursday, Lasagna told me this morning that we're bringing with us changes of clothes and undergarments and backpacks and snacks and food, the things that many of the kids need. Um, so, it's, I just thank the Lord because, again, this is not just about upreach and inreach in here, this is about outreach from here. And, uh, man, I'm excited about the days that the Lord has for us. Um, This coming Saturday is a pre-members class from 9 to 12, so if you can't get all of it, come get some of it. Get a local church, get a home church, and if it's not this one, find one soon, because everybody needs to be connected in an official way to a body. Amen. Um, Let me do my best to preach this morning, turning your Bibles to Job 42, still in my verses series talking about things that are in conflict with one another. Job chapter 42. I'll hustle on here. Now, my security team, as I pulled up today with a tie on, many of my brothers had ties on, and they were telling me that they were coming clean tonight. Now, I wasn't going to wear a suit tonight. You know, I was going, you know, chill. I bought a new shirt that I was going to wear tonight for the dedication but my boys up there talking about we wearing suits, Pastor. We wearing suits. Oh man, I guess I might have to bring a suit out. I, I just don't. It's gonna, mm, I don't know. I, if you see this red shirt, just know, man, I got that thing just for the dedication. Man, I'm wearing my red shirt tonight. Y'all be alright, fellas. Y'all be. Y'all dread. Y'all wear the suits, man, and I'll just roll with y'all. I'll stand next to y'all in the picture. Like, yeah, man, it's gonna be a great night to have Dr. Evans here. Um, Got a couple of guys going to pick him up from the airport, bring him on over. We have a special Jamaican meal. We're preparing for him before the service. So, man, it's just going to be a blessed time. Uh, uh, Someone asked me, was I going to get my shout on? Was I going to shout and tear up stuff? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. We'll see what the Holy Ghost. (laughs) But I'm thankful for this moment. It's a great day. But I still have work to do. got to preach the word in here and out there. Job chapter 42. Let's talk today about blessing versus cursing. I can get through this real quick. Blessing versus cursing. Let's pray. Father God, would you help me to communicate your word? Thank you for my family. I don't have to get up here and try to be something special. I am special because of you. I'm loved by you and I'm loved by your people. So thank you that I don't have to perform. I don't have to try to preach some great homily. Lord, I'm just called to share your word. Holy Spirit, would you do the teaching today? Um, Starting with me, thank you for the great conviction that this uh, passage brings. I pray that you'll bring it to light for all of us and give us the grace and the strength to apply it. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Job chapter 42, verse 10. The Bible reads, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Verse 12, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Verse 16, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. We just read portions of Job chapter 42, the last chapter of the book of Job. And we saw God's goodness, God's mercy to restore, to give back even in abundance to a man who lost nearly everything. But I want to take you now to Job chapter 3. Keep in mind, we just left the last chapter of Job. Now go to Job chapter 3. Job chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Did you see what I just read? That he opened his mouth and he cursed the day of his birth. Now, normally when we think about Job, we don't think about him as cursing or cussing. When we think about Job, we think about him as one who will bless the Lord at all times. And God's praises came out of his mouth, even in the midst of pain, suffering, despair, Job chose, as we'll read in a moment, to bless the Lord who gave and to bless the Lord who has taken away. And so we like that part of Job, but we forget chapter 3 is here in the word and he cursed the day of his birth. You see, had Job known what God had for him in chapter 42, He may not have cursed in chapter 3. I'm going to say it for you one more time. Had he known then what God had in store for him in chapter 42, he may not have cursed in chapter 3. Because in chapter 3, he had a myopic view. He was so consumed and overwhelmed with his trials and tribulations He became so weary in doing good and doing well that he couldn't do it anymore. And as his heart became burdened and as he was stressed, his body was broken down, boils all over him. Everyone has left him. He's had to bury his children. He gets to a point where he says, that's enough. I'm going to curse. And I'm cursing the day. That I was born now. He had enough sense not to curse God. Because that was Satan's objective the entire time to get Job to curse God. And when he saw that Job would not curse God, he went away from Job. And I'll talk about that momentarily that if we really want to defeat the enemy, In those moments when God allows the enemy to come into our lives like a flood, when God allows the tempter to come in, and we don't respond the way the tempter expects us to respond, but we respond the way that pleases God. Rather than cursing, we bless, we send the devil on, and we defeat him. And so if we really want to defeat the enemy, let's do that which he does not expect. He expects us to cuss. He expects for us to throw in the towel, throw up our hands, give up, but when we hold on to the one who's holding us, when we bless the Lord anyhow, we confuse the devil. Because the devil, like, wait a minute, they're not doing what I thought they would do. And Job didn't do what the devil thought he was going to do. He did not curse God, but in chapter 3, he says, man, I'm going to curse the day that I was born. Now, as he works through chapter 3, he's basically saying, I wish that I had, number one, that my parents had never conceived me one night. Then he works down and he says, I wish I had become stillborn in the womb. I wish that I had never seen the light. Because when your physical circumstances and your financial situation is bleak, it makes you not want to live. He went from being wealthy being in poverty in just a matter of seconds, and those in poverty, sometimes they just don't want to live anymore, and sometimes it's hard for us unless we're walking with people who are in dire circumstances. We don't understand how hard it can be for people who lack basic necessities. The things that we take for granted, and he was so down, so discouraged, so depressed. He said, "I wish I had not been born." That's why, for many people who love Jesus, you know, they 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 they, they like. Okay, I understand that the, the gay marriage thing is something that is important to the church, but sometimes I vote this way because if the church is not there to help empower me. I'll at least look to the government to do something to help me get out of this thing. So, before we just paint people and cast them off, we got to try to understand, man, that when people are hurting, it's hard for them to live. Job says, I wish I had been aborted. That's what he said. He cursed the day of his birth. But, When we know what God has for us in the last chapter, we don't have to curse in this chapter. You see, if I can somehow get out of the myopic view of when I'm going through something that causes me to get so frustrated that I cuss, if I can somehow lift up my head and see the last chapter that God has for me, then it can change what comes out of my mouth in chapter 3 where I find myself. But if I don't know where I'm going, and if I don't know what God has for me, the temptation is I'm going to cuss right here and right now. I'm just trying to keep it real with you this morning because we have to ask ourselves, what does cursing do? You done curse now. You, 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 you didn't you gave one. You didn't shot one off. You, you done cussed now. What does it do? except grieve the Holy Spirit because he wants things to come out of us that edify. He wants us shooting for that goal. Bless the Lord at all times and his praises will continually be in my mouth. I don't get a pass to cuss because I got a flat tire on 65 or somebody's right up on me. and you know, I don't have a pass or a right to cuss in that moment. He expects more of me. And when I cuss, I grieve the spirit and I'm creating an environment that pulls everything down. But if I can choose, and the few times when I have chosen to say thank you, Jesus, to say bless the Lord anyhow, the environment, it begins to lift up. Because our mouths set the trajectory by which we follow behind. So if I'm cursing, I'm going down. But if I'm blessing, I'm rising up. And God wants to grow. This is how we know we're really growing spiritually. It's not about the step we cut, but it's about our tongues. That's when we know, and I ain't talking about speaking in tongues. We'll talk about that another time. I'm talking about how we use our tongue, whether we're going to bless or curse. Because once Job cursed in chapter 3, things went downhill for him until he hit chapter 41 and 42. He was hanging in there. He was doing good, man, until his friends showed up. And when his friends showed up, they looked at him. They didn't have any words. Job didn't have any more words. He didn't have another hallelujah in his spirit. He was done, man. He was weary and well-doing, so they just sat silently for seven days. And like the old folks used to say, if you don't have something good to say, just don't say anything. And he applied that. He's sitting there quiet. He's not blessing. He's not praising. He's quiet. But in chapter 3, when he opens his mouth, da 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 Don't you love the Bible? Because it's real. We got too many Christians running around acting like they don't deal with struggles and have issues and that they fall short. These so-called super saints, like they don't have no body odor in their spiritual walk. You stink. Try to cover it over with religious complexity. You stink. I stink. You stink. All God's people stink but by the grace of God. We got some Holy Ghost perfume. (laughs) Because when some of y'all got saved, the last thing that got saved was that vocabulary. (laughs) Come on now. For some of us, it was that right foot we drive with. That that still ain't come under the blood yet. We still praying for that foot. But Job wasn't always this way, though. Chapter 1, as I mentioned, when everything had befell him, wow, verse 20 of chapter 1, then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground, and he worshiped. Isn't that where you want to be? That when life hits you hard, rather than trying to hit life back, you fall down and worship? That's when we know we're growing spiritually. And man, he was right there. And he says in verse 21, naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He had an eternal view. He had a big view of a big God. So he was cool and his mouth was in line with his belief. And then he was tested again in chapter two because the devil took everything from him. Wife, I mean, excuse me, his, his children and his finances, all that stuff, his health. But the only thing the devil didn't take was his wife. And I had to ask myself why. why? Why did the devil leave his wife there? Because the wife worked for the devil. You heard an inside man. Satan had an inside woman. So he left her there because she was on his team. Because when circumstances didn't make Job curse God, he then tried to get him to curse God by moving upon his wife to speak negatively. And she said to him in chapter 2, verse 9, his wife said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die that don't sound like no help me that sound like a hurt me you know you got a good woman when you're going through something she right there trying to prop you up trying to encourage you get your eyes on the Lord let's pray together let's work you got a woman like that man who will take you to the king but when you got that kind of woman when you're going through she like look I done already cussed and did what I got to do why don't you get your cuss on and we'll be cussed up together So she got left behind. But it makes me wonder, in chapter 42, when everything is restored, when he got, you know, more children and got his wealth and it was doubled, did God keep him with that same wife? Now, that's a whole nother thing we can talk about another time. But you Bible people, theologians, y'all think about that one. Whew. If she did stick around, she had to have a change of heart, i tell you that. I like to think he had a new one. I I like to think that that first one (laughs) stepped on something and rolled off a cliff. (laughs) That's what I like to think. But Job lets you know, man, that one minute he had it. The next minute he did. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. But then he sprung a leak in chapter 3. And It just takes the right situation to pull out what's up in you. And again, we could try to act and play like we got it going on all the time. None of us do. And it's just, what's the situation? Mm, 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 mm. Well, go over to James chapter 3 real quick. James chapter 3. If you don't want to turn there, I have it on the screen for those of you who may not want to turn there. James chapter 3. Look at this now. Verse 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed Blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. It shouldn't be like this. But guess what? For many of us, it is like that. We have praises coming out and curses coming out of the same mouth. Now, when I was growing up, I didn't grow up in a home that had cussing in it except on the weekend when my father, before he converted to Christ, he would get down with Johnny Walker and Pabst Blue Ribbon Beard. I see somebody pointing back there. That's not what we want to point do and mess with. And he would get down. And, and when he would become consumed with another spirit, that's why they call alcohol wine spirits. It, it takes over if you are consumed by it. I'm not saying that you cannot consume alcohol, But the Bible is clear to say do not get drunk. And my father would get drunk on many weekends and hang out with his brothers. And they would let a few fly here and there. Um, But I never heard my father curse my mother. He would curse at the game or whatever, whatever. He'd tell a Richard Pryor joke. But he would never curse at my mother. I never grew up hearing my dad curse my mother, whether he was drunk or sober. And I never grew up hearing my dad curse me or my brother, brothers or my sisters, whether he was drunk or sober. So I was blessed to grow up in a home, even though there was some dysfunction and sin, there was still some level of order because I don't know what it's like to be cussed by my father or by my mother. But some of you, you can't say that. You've grown up in a home where your psyche, your spirit has been broken because your mother or your father has cursed you to your face. And some of you, you curse your children, you curse your husband, you curse your wife in the presence of your children and your home. That atmosphere in your home, it's an atmosphere of death and condemnation and judgment and slander and decay. It's a downward spiral. So if that's you, if that's your house, you need to choose today with the help of God. Since no man can tame the tongue, God, can you tame it for me? I know how I grew up, but that ain't a pass for me to stay the way I am now. You expect more of me. So although I didn't hear that as far as getting cussed at at home, I went to school and cussed. Oh, yeah, I did not cuss at home. I could turn it on and... And I could turn it off. I was a moral sinner with mine. You know, I could go to school, I'd be in the lunchroom, ninth grade to twelfth grade. And to be cool, you had to cuss. You had to put cuss words on the end of your sentences. You just had to let them know that you got down like that because you can't sit up in the lunchroom, at least I thought back then, (laughs) and not cuss when everybody's cussing. So you start cussing to fit in with the group that cusses. But when I came home, I left all cussing at school. How many of y'all heard this? Do not cuss on church grounds. Didn't cuss in church either. Well, you know, when nobody was really around, you cuss down in the basement. Somebody take your uh, cake at the fellowship. (laughs) But you learn, you know, like there's some places you cuss, some places you don't. Now, I love the Bible because it tells me the story of a transformation of a cusser. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. It, it tells me that God can transform a cusser. And, and I'll take my seat after I hit this point here. Because as I began to grow in the Lord, I didn't have to will to stop cussing. He began to work in me to will and to do of his good pleasure. Fruit began to just bear in my life. And next thing I know, I'm not cussing anymore. I don't have a desire to cuss. Uh, Now, that don't mean I have not let one fly since high school. Yes, there have been a couple times. Unfortunately, my staff can tell you, "Uh uh-oh, pastor, then let one go. (laughs) (laughs) And I never feel better. I get convicted. And the Lord is like, I'm growing you. I am stretching you. to to get to that place where you can bless me at all times. But I got hope because of my boy Peter. I, I got hope because of my boy Pete. So before you throw a high heel up here to stone a brother, there was an apostle, a man who raised people from the dead, a man who wrote scripture. He had something with this cussing thing that he struggled with. Hey, he was a fisherman. You know them cats out there on the sea? They're rough and tumble, man. They're out there doing their thing. They're cussing and fussing and fighting and haggling. And then you know Peter was rough because the brother carried a switchblade in his pocket, cut you up in a minute. Remember, he was going to cut the dude in the garden. He a rough dude. And so, you know, he had this language thing, and it came out at a time. My God, let me just read it to you. Verse 69 of chapter 26. Help us, God. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. Verse 70. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man! Exclamation point. Immediately, a rooster crowed. So to run his point down, because he's in that moment of denying Jesus, which Jesus prophesied in the upper room, he's out there saying, I don't know him. Yes, you do. I don't know him. You sound like you hung with him. He had a Galilean accent from Nazareth. You had that same accent. And the third time they rolled up on him, he said, let me make my point as clear as I possibly can. Because some of us think we can't make a point unless we cuss it through. And he said, I don't blank de blank, de blank, de blank 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 know the man. <laughs> now, let me take you into his conniving, sinful heart, because I happen to have one, too. You know, my flesh is still, though I'm redeemed, my flesh is still, man, the heart of my flesh is deceitful and desperately wicked. So I can think, like, where he was at that moment, because I've been there. And what he was doing by cussing, He was saying to the people who were trying to associate him with Jesus, he was saying, when I cuss, I'm letting you know that I don't know the man. Because anyone who knows the man doesn't talk like this. Because if you know that man, he changes everything about you and you don't talk like that. So in order to try to let them know he wasn't down with Christ, in that moment of willful disobedience, he began to cuss because cussing and Christian do not work together. Aren't you so glad Jesus didn't give up on him? Jesus loved him. Jesus sought him out. Jesus came to him and even restored him in the ministry. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1, as Peter had to feed those lambs because Jesus didn't give up on him. Peter repented of his sin. Jesus says, I I, I want you to feed my people. And one of the ways he feeds us is when he gave us this word, 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter, man, what did you learn? Because we need Christians who have been delivered from stuff to not act like they never had something to be delivered from. If you've been freed from something, the proof that you're freed from, it ain't that right, Michael, is that you can talk about what God freed you from. But some of us go through stuff we don't let nobody know. We've been through some stuff. We act like we came out the womb, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues and utterance thereof. You ain't been like that your whole life. You got some junk. Come on, tell us. But don't give glory to the junk. Give glory to the God who has and is delivering you from the junk. Give us sinners some hope today. If we can come down to where the sinners are the same way Jesus came down and not expect sinners to come up where we are, we might be able to reach more of them. But they look at us and say, I can never get that high. Come down and let them know, man, you've been someplace. So Peter says, look. Finally, verse 8, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Oh, yeah. Now he can make disciples because he can let the people he's discipling know, man, I've been some places, but God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, God's truth, I am being transformed, and there is hope for you. And so I'm encouraging you with the same word that encourages me. Refrain your tongue from evil, your lips from deceit. Do not curse, rather bless. Romans chapter 12, verse 14, let me read it to you. Oh, it's another one that gets straight to it. It gets straight to it. Romans chapter 12, verse 14, the Bible says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Oh, my. I'm so glad that God didn't leave me to live the Christian life by myself but I have help with him, from him, and through him by the Holy Spirit and by the grace that he provides to live the way that he wants and expects for me to live. So he's like, I'm conforming you to the image of Jesus. Yes, I am. It's called sanctification, and it's a process, and it's painful because guess what? When Jesus got cursed, he did not return cursing. When they hurled accusations at him, he either kept his mouth shut or he hurled back blessings. Pastor, what are you talking about? We are told here in Romans chapter 12 not to return cursing for cursing, but to return blessing for cursing. So how in the world do we do that? Because it sounds like you're telling me rather than cursing someone out, who has said something to me. Somebody persecute me. Somebody curse me. The natural, the natural, the natural tendency is for me to return a curse word back to you. But you have not called me to live naturally. You have come into my life as the supernatural one and you are empowering me every day to live supernaturally. The Spirit is conforming me to live like Jesus Christ who did not curse when he was cursed at. Holy Ghost, help me because I'm about 10 seconds off this person right here, Right now, How do you grow? How do you get there? Well, when Jesus was being crucified and insults were being hurled at him, he would say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So one way he blessed the people who cursed them was that he prayed for them. So when somebody cusses you, curses you, puts you down, and if you don't have the strength from God to turn the other cheek in that moment to return a blessing instead of cursing, you tell them I love you and not to be spiteful. You know, I love you, you know, why they're cussing you, and you say it with an attitude. No, 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 no. If you keep your mouth shut and begin to pray for them, And pray that you don't jump up on them, but pray, Lord God, because when you start praying for your enemies and those who spitefully use you and put you down, your heart gets soft towards them, and you don't want to cuss them because in the natural you did, but as the Holy Ghost works on you, you begin to pity them and to have mercy on them the way God has had mercy on you, so you start interceding for them. I know because this works. I've done it with half of y'all up in here. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't know which half he's talking about. I mean, Moses got pushed to cussing. They pushed Moses 40 years. He, that nerve got hit. He's like, you rebels. God's like, well, you're not making it into the promised land. So everybody has that point. And that's when we got to start praying for people. Lord, I pray, I pray, I stand in the gap, Lord. Remember when Stephen got stoned? He looked up to heaven, and he was like, Lord, do not lay this against them. That's when we know he's taming the tongue. That's when we know we're growing spiritually. When those moments when we could curse, we bless instead. I remember when I was in gospel music, we would come to Nashville from Virginia, and we would do these big functions with all these famous gospel singers, And there we are sitting around with Thomas Whitfield, the late Thomas Whitfield. We're sitting around all these great artists, and it's like Commissioned is there, and Larno Harris, all these great people in there. Me and Daryl sitting up in there. We don't know what we're doing up in there. (laughs) But one singer had a reputation, and everybody knew the reputation. And that was, she loved the Lord. She sang good. But man, she know how to cuss people out. So, so I rode in the limousine with her as we were going from one place to another. And I was like, I wonder if this is true. If this lady cusses like everybody else, because that was her reputation. She was a cusser. And lo and behold, <laughs> she did not fail. She let a few fly in the limousine. I'm like, wow. And as I was praying about this message this week, the Lord was like, now, it's a sad thing when a Christian has a reputation as a cusser. Yeah, 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 you love God, you go to church, but whoa, you cuss at home, you cuss at your spouse, you cuss at the children, you cuss at the television, you cuss at the bank, you cuss in the grocery store because the lemons ain't on sale, you cuss, you cuss, you cuss. So how do we get out of that? Because God doesn't want us. Because when you know the man, your vocabulary matches that thought. And we don't want to scar our children any more than we have. We ain't trying to fit in so much with the world that now we become an enemy with God. And we're cussing at school to be cool, but we're losing cool points with the Lord. God, how do we get out of this? Because that's not how you want us to speak. Well, it's like Job. Had Job known what God had for him in chapter 42, he may not have been cursing in chapter 3. In chapter 1, when he had a big God view, it showed in his speech. But when he got discouraged and uh, down, he had a myopic view. And it showed in his mouth. So, Lord, in order for us to not curse and to dishonor you, Lord, give us a bigger view of who you are and the glory that is to come. Because of the glory that will be revealed, what are these sufferings today? They're opportunities, God, for you to show up. They're not opportunities for me to get in the flesh and cuss. Let me pass this test. I've been failing them, failing them, failing them. So next time, let me bless or keep my mouth shut. But just to help somebody out, I took you to the last chapter of Job so that if Job knew chapter 42, it would have touched his mouth in chapter 3. Let me just take you to Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter, just in case you need some help to help your mouth when you're dealing with this chapter of life you're in. Let me just take you forward, and then I'll bring you back. Chapter 22, the last chapter for us all. Revelation 22, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the (laughs) Lamb. This is where we're going, in the middle of its street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit. Every month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So what am I going through right now? that causes me to lose my testimony, to make the man look bad. What am I going through right now that causes me to lose my future eternal focus? No, 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 I'm not gonna cuss in this moment. I'm gonna lift up my head and I'm gonna look forward to what God has for me because where I'm going will keep me when I'm going through something right now. I don't have to cuss. I don't have to fuck. No, 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 no. The last chapter is sealed. It's done by the grace of God. Let me live up to what I have attained. Is there anybody here who says, Lord, with your help, this week I'm going to bless when I'm tempted to cuss. Lord, with your help, I'm going to bless my enemies. Lord, with your help, your praise will continually be in my mouth. Let's pray. Lord, would you deliver us as we sing today from this cussing and fussing that happens in our homes, that happens on the job, that happens in school, that happens in the lunchroom, that happens, Lord God, on the playing field. And people wonder, do we really know the man? Oh, we really do know you. And you're working in us, oh God. And you gave us all a word today to encourage us to say that there are things that are not becoming of a Christian. You put your finger on it today. It's good conviction. And now, Lord, give us strength to walk it out one test, one opportunity at a time. Thank you for this church. Thank you that we can keep it real in here because we don't look to man so much. Yes, we follow others, but we ultimately follow Christ as we follow others. So we put our eyes On Jesus, my God. Thank you, Jesus. We sang today, more Jesus, more Jesus. Jesus, do it in us. Do it through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Was that a practical word for you? Was that right there? Oh, my. Yeah, I needed that one. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Would you stand to your feet before Christy comes? Close us up. Get here at five or earlier. We got dancing tonight. The the dance team with the children, the adults. Wow. Choir. Y'all know what's up with them. And uh, my man, Tony Evans, is coming. So it's going to be a glorious, glorious night. Get some rest. Because we're going to tear some stuff up in here tonight. Amen. Let's all sing this together. Blessed be name said be your name in the land that is plentiful where the streams of abundance